0: Hello, you're listening to Earth Matters. Earth Matters brings you environment and social justice stories. Today's story was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX, Canberra, on the lands of Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples, for Radio 3CR in Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Bec Horridge. Welcome to Earth Matters. Today we'll hear from the 1080 Summit in Nam, Melbourne, in August 2018.
1: This disgusting substance that springs from man's innate cruelty, 1080 poison, must be banned immediately. My name is Andy Medic, I'm the Western Regional Leader of the Animal Justice Party here in Victoria. And ladies and gentlemen, the land on which we meet today was, is and always shall be the land of our First Nations peoples. And it is important to recognise that we meet just a stone's throw from the meeting place on the banks of the Yarra River of the clans of the East Kulin Nation, the Wadawurrung, the Boonwurrung, the Jajawarang, the Woiwurrung and the Wurundjeri. We recognise their sovereignty and we thank their elders, past and present, for the opportunity to meet here and to discuss this most evil of poisons, sodium monofluoroacetate otherwise commonly known as Compound 1080. It is vitally important to recognise that connection of Indigenous people as their constant companion for the over 65,000 years of their kinship with this land, the dingo, is one of the main targets of those that spread this vile substance. We are honoured, though, to have one politician who not only agrees with our stance and our policy against 1080, is the only one who has publicly stood up to fight for Senator Darren Hinch introduced a bill into the Senate calling for a phase-out of 1080. We commend him for this and we welcome him here this evening as our special guest. And next we'll hear from Linda Stoner, the
0: MC of the 1080 Summit and Chief Executive of Animal Liberation.
2: Thank you. I discovered... uh, the horror of 1080 probably around 15 years ago and um, it's been worked on by many groups and about two years ago, Animal Liberation started the Coalition of Australians Against 1080 and we're lucky, um, as with the AJP Summit, to have brought together um, all manner of groups, diverse groups, who have, have all joined to fight this terrible heinous poison. My great uh, joy to introduce a wonderful panel of people here tonight. Mel Browning is a scientist with a strong interest in conservation. We've just asked of Mel, what exactly is compound 1080 and how does it affect animals? How is it used and for what purpose? And is it dangerous to humans? And if so,
3: what effect does it have? I wanted to start by saying what 1080 isn't. There's been a lot of um, information put out in the media by our government about what it is. And I'm telling you, it's not humane. It's not naturally occurring. No species is immune not safer than shampoo and it's only degradable under specific conditions and there is no antidote. Compound 1080 is actually a synthetically manufactured organofluorine compound. It is like a colourless to white fluffy powder in its raw state. It's known as sodium monofluoroacetate, sodium fluoroacetate or fluoroacetate. It's an extremely toxic metabolic poison and it's used to control pest animals. We have two main manufacturers in Australia. We've got Animal Control Technologies and PAX National, and they turn the raw ingredient into pre-prepared baits. Our government also have a hand in it. So our um, Federal Department of Environment have invested from their Threat Abatement Program, it looks like about $4.7 million, into development of a history bait <laughs> spelt with a double S. It's a feral cat bait. It's earmarked for biodiversity hotspots like your Kimberleys. Yeah, They own the patent on it. Our Western Australian Parks and Wildlife have a feral cat bait called a cat. they own the patent on. So another 1080 bait. And what you've got to realise with feral cat baits is dingoes die. So you're killing the very predator that can manage feral cats naturally. What does the World League for Protection of Animals say about 1080? It's a slow killer. It's animals suffer a horrific death, and herbivores can take up to 44 hours of agony to die. Carnivores can take up to 21 hours. And the speed of death, everything dies from 1080, basically at, at, at you know, the right concentrations from the <coughs> insects to your elephants, including humans. The RSPCA deem it an inhumane poison. They don't support it based on their evidence. And um, I've just got some quotes here from a wonderful toxicology professor from New Zealand called Ian Shaw. He's saying 1080 does not discriminate. Any cell it enters in any animal or person, it, 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 it dies. So 1080 interrupts metabolic process to the cells, kills the cells, they die. So if anyone tells you that 1080 can discriminate between pests and native animals, they are talking utter utter, utter rubbish. (laughs) Is it naturally occurring? Well, uh, sodium monofluoroacetate, 1080, is not naturally occurring. It's synthetically manufactured. It is um, related to potassium fluoroacetate that is found in some shrubs around the world and in small pockets in Australia in the southwest corner of WA and parts of Queensland. So it is chemically distinct and it's in much greater concentrations in a bait than it is in a plant. Also non-reactive and stable under normal temperature and pressure conditions and its slow decomposition um, means that it poses a serious environmental risk. There have been questions raised about the funding of 1080 and probably none more so than the $50 million spent in Tasmania based on a fox sighting and some fox scats. One um, independent MP actually raised some very serious questions as to the was actually a real situation or whether there was some kind of hoax behind it. Some of those scats were found to have been taken from the mainland. Only last year, the um, investigation within the Department of Primary Industries down there was quietly abandoned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is it used and for what purpose? We've been using 1080 now in Australia since the 1950s. It started off as a poison rabbit bait and has been used for that purpose for 60 years. And yet rabbits are still deemed the number one agricultural pest in Australia. And if you look at my table there, the cost of rabbits to agriculture is, on the high side, would be $250 million. So is it working? Uh, I don't think so. It's also used to manage other pest species like our foxes, feral cats, feral pigs. It's also used to manage native species Um, in Tasmania. You know, historically there was a lot of uh, 1080 spread in forestry areas to kill off our little paddy melons and Bennett's wallabies and possums because they impacted on the seedlings. These little guys were killed in numbers of up to 200,000 at a time Um, and they can experience an agonising 44 hours to die. Our dingoes are also being killed under the label of wild dogs. Animal control technologies in Australia make a whole variety of um, pre-prepared baits um, with um, 1080, so we've got rabbit baits, fox baits, feral pig baits, wild dog baits, and a a liquid concentrate that um, can be injected into um, raw meat, and PAX National pretty much mimic the same product range. Um, And then we have all sorts of contraptions that are filled with 1080. This is one that's um, for foxes and wild dogs. It's a spring-loaded device and the um, canid takes the, the bait and it shoots a capsule into the roof of the mouth that explodes and they die of 1080. Crows and other natives have been known to take them too. How is it used and for what purpose? We've been using 1080 now in Australia since the 1950s. It started off as a poison rabbit bait and has been used for that purpose for 60 years. And yet, rabbits are still deemed the number one agricultural pest in Australia. And if you look at my table there, cost of rabbits to agriculture is, on the high side, would be $250 million. So is it working? Uh, I don't think so. It's also used to manage other pest species, like our foxes, feral cats feral pigs. It's also used to manage native species Um, in Tasmania. You know, historically there was a lot of uh, 1080 spread in forestry areas to kill off our little paddy melons and bennetts wallabies and possums because they impacted on the seedlings. These little guys were killed in numbers of up to 200,000 at a time um, and they can, you know, experience an agonising 44 hours to die. Our dingoes are also being killed under the label of wild dogs. Animal control technologies in Australia make a whole variety of um, pre-prepared baits um, with um, 1080. So we've got rabbit baits, fox baits, feral pig baits, wild dog baits and a a liquid concentrate that um, can be injected into um, raw meat. And PAX National pretty much mimic the same product range. Um, And then we have all sorts of contraptions that are filled with 1080. This is one that's um, for foxes and wild dogs. It's a spring-loaded device and the um, canid takes the, the bait and it shoots a capsule into the roof of the mouth that explodes and they die of 1080. Crows and other natives have been known to take them too. Here's some other lovely weapons that have been developed, one being a Trojan implant they implant into a little threatened species that would then kill a cat if a cat happens to eat it. There was a a trial with dingoes where they had an exploding 1080 time bomb that went off after two years once they'd cleaned up the feral goats on a particular island in Queensland. This is their new contraption, and there's been a lot of money from government behind this, the Felixer. Um, It's called a feral cat grooming trap. And what it does is it's got um, laser detection sensors and when it senses a cat going past, it sprays a sticky poison liquid mm. on their fur and they lick it off and they die. And as I said, I've talked about eradicate cat and, and history, feral cat baits, um, that our government have got the patents on. So, so just to give you a bit of an idea of... You know, how, how toxic this stuff really is. A feral pig bait is probably one of the, well, it is one of the, it is the most toxic bait um, that you can get in Australia. It contains 72 milligrams of 1080. And I've just listed some of the Australian native carnivores and their numbers that could be killed by one feral pig bait. Um, and these are laid in clusters of up to two kilograms. So multiply these numbers by eight. Um, Three four-year-old children, for instance, could Mm -hmm. die from one feral pig bait. Is it dangerous to humans and what effect does it have? Okay. Here we have the United States Environmental Protection Agency. They class it as a category one of the most toxic poisons in the world, the most dangerous category. In Australia, the most dangerous category of poison, Schedule 7. Chemical of security concern. This is a terrorist Potential weapon. It is odourless. It is colourless. It's soluble and stable in water. It's got delayed detection. Go figure. Toxicology information from animal control technologies from their own data sheets. 0.71 milligrams per kilogram will kill an adult. So an 80 kilogram adult could be killed by 56 milligrams of 1080, one teaspoon of 1080, raw ingredient, could potentially kill 100 humans. We use 200 kilos of 1080 in Australia a year. It could kill 4 million people. So um, if you don't die from 1080, but you're exposed to 1080, then... Sublethal doses are pretty nasty and can lead to irreparable and serious um, effects, mostly tissues that have high energy needs. So your brain, testes in men, heart, lungs, fetuses of um, pregnant women. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, Mel. It's really scary reading in the newspaper about ten days ago. Mel, Melvett um, up in the Northern Territory, a whole bunch of 1080s has gone missing.
0: You're with Earth Matters, and today we're listening in to the 1080s summit that was in Melbourne, Nam, August 2018. I'm Beck Horridge.
2: Marilyn Nusky is our next panelist. She's a lawyer and principal of her own law practice in Melbourne and Castlemaine and previously in Queensland. Marilyn has been a member of the Barristers Animal Welfare Panel, a legal advisor for Save Fraser Island Dingoes, a member of National Dingo Preservation and Recovery Program, and a legal advisor for Deerong Dingo Sanctuary. She's been proactively involved in the anti 1080 movement since 2014 because of its extreme cruelty. She also believes the impact of 1080 on human health has been largely overlooked. Recently involved in regional Victorians opposed to duck shooting, Marilyn supports all causes that mitigate harm and suffering to animals. Would you please make Marilyn welcome? Our next question is to Marilyn. I've got a multi-pronged one for you as well, Marilyn. Um, Who authorises the use of 1080 in Australia? What is the legal framework surrounding its use? And what can we do if affected by the death of an animal from 1080?
4: So in Australia, the APVMA authorises the importation and use of agricultural and veterinary chemicals. They control labels and warnings up to the point of sale. In 2001, APVMA called for submissions for a review of the use of 1080 because there were so many complaints about the death of non-target species more than 200 submissions were received and a final review report was published in January 2008. APVMA watched their hands of any issues regarding animal welfare or humaneness humane, or inhumaneness because they said the AgVET codes don't require us to address animal welfare They acknowledged that non-target species did die, but not enough for concern, they said. Uh, They made changes to labels with more warnings about use and issues of cruelty and inhumaneness were not addressed. Uh, nor did the review really address the issues of human health because they said there are such strict controls around handling, it really wasn't a priority. So we know it's inhumane. There's no, certainly no kindness around 1080 and it's cruel. It's cruelty is willfully causing pain or suffering to others and feeling no concern about it. APVMA said conflicting arguments in the literature on whether pain from 1080 poisoning is severe or not. They expressed uncertainty whether convulsions and writhing, yelping were indicators of pain. They suggested don't use strychnine when you've got something more humane like 1080 around. That's what they actually said in the review. So... What about, a lot of people say, what about animal cruelty, um, animal cruelty laws? And yes, each state does have animal cruelty laws. The animal cruelty laws of Victoria refer to the Catchment and Land Protection Act, which actually allows the use of poisons on so-called pest species. So they actually uh, regulate or statute out of animal cruelty laws. So not all animals have the protection of animal cruelty laws, but this state does not um, apply to domestic pets. So it's cruel and inhumane. And it's also readily available. This baited sausage was discovered in a dog's mouth in old Golden Point Road area, Blackwood, Victoria, in July this year. So the so-called tight controls don't stop events like this happening. APVMA need to be informed about these kind of breaches. And dog deaths, deaths, any deaths. 1080 has been an ongoing threat to domestic animals and humans since introduction. So we've got a newspaper article here from the Cory Mail, March 8, 1995, an Indigenous community in New South Wales. They were concerned their dogs were dying. They didn't really understand why, but then they later found out there actually been 1080 poison baiting taking place in their area. Their children, they felt, were under threat from poison dog baits, the children were playing in the same areas where the actual poisoned dogs were found. And now, 23 years on, in the Australian, August 10, 2018, despite improved labels and warnings, there's no duty of care around its use, often used without control or respect for regulations in remote areas. This is very recent in 1100k northwest of Adelaide, an Indigenous community lost 10 dogs. These were the children's dogs. They didn't know what was happening. The dogs were coming back into the community. Yelping, screaming, frothing at the mouth and dying. Beth Conway is the manager of the Indulkana Art Centre. She went, took her dog, uh, for a morning walk in the creek where the children play, came back and the same thing happened. They've got no idea when the baits will be cleaned up. There was no warning of the baiting, there was no signage, went up. So what can we all do? What can we all do as individuals about in at 1080? If you're opposed to it, talk to your neighbours, set up an anti-1080 action group, write to the Ministers for Agriculture, State and Commonwealth, your local MP, the Health Minister, State and Commonwealth, your local council health department, explain your concerns about the effect of 1080 upon your health and your family's health, and your domestic animal's health. Express your disgust with the use of 1080. So what can you do if your animal dies from 1080? Firstly, obtain a toxicology report. In Victoria, DWALP have said that they'll actually carry out a toxicology report. They'll give you a copy of it. Or if you don't have access to that, obtain a letter from your vet if the vet can actually confirm the symptoms with 1080. Review your state regulations, identify any breach, check the Department of Agriculture website and report it to the state regulatory authority with a copy of the toxicology report or a letter or the letter from your from your vet. Report the death in writing to RSPCA. Bring any breach of regulations to the attention of RSPCA with a copy of your report. Write to the complaints department of APVMA with a copy of any toxicology report or letter from your vet. The reason, even though APVMA manage up to the point of sale, They're always interested in knowing what's actually going on. Don't feel just because people tell you this department does that or this one doesn't do that, just go for the lot but I do. Um, In 2018, APVMA said uh, there was insufficient data about domestic animal deaths to really be taken into account. So that's why we set up the Australian Register of Animal Deaths linked to 1080. So go online, report your domestic animal death, and that we're hoping... If everybody did that, or you know, a good number, then ultimately we've got a database to take back to APVMA and say, "Well, look, there's a huge number of domestic animals dying from 1080 as well." Signed petitions. There's a couple on Change.org. There's a very good petition which has got nearly 39,000 signatures. Thank you. So what else can we do? We all know if we're out and we see a sign that says no trespassing, violators will be prosecuted. We know that if we see that sign, we're pretty sure that it's unauthorised entry. We can't just walk across that land because it's somebody else's property. We warned we could be prosecuted if we enter without permission of the occupier. But what if your sign said no trespassing, chemical or toxic? We object to 1080. If you bake nearby and an animal carries it to our land, which is a pretty reasonable expectation. I mean, your sign couldn't say all of that, but it's a reasonable expectation. It's common knowledge that a fox or a bird can carry... um, a bait up to 2K. So that's a reasonably foreseeable event. And if we suffer damage because of that reasonably foreseeable event, because you've baited next door, you, you will be prosecuted if I suffer loss or damage. Just a thought, just something to think about. Worthwhile putting up a sign, I think. So a common law claim of trespass can arise when a person wrongly or recklessly allows something to enter another person's land for example spraying or dumping toxic chemicals an injunction is something uh, a court may consider or a person must take care the person must take care to avoid a reasonably foreseeable risk of damaging property or injury of another so chemical and toxic trespass This is really relevant in urban areas, and especially if a breach of a regulation is present and you have a sign. It's a reasonably foreseeable event if you do, in fact, suffer any damage. That was
0: Marilyn Nusky talking at the 1080 Summit in August 2018 in Melbourne. And that's all for Earth Matters. You can hear part two of the 1080 Summit looking at the impact of the poison on bingos in the coming weeks. Thanks for listening. I'm Beck Horridge. <laughs> You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX Canberra on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples, for Radio 3CR in Melbourne in Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories. I'm Beck Horridge. Here's some gurumal with Bapa.